Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is hump day. It's Wednesday, June 7th. And as always, it is brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey. Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today we are 57 days away from the NFL, 58 days away from high school football, and 80 days away from college football. Let's go. I'm excited. That's, that's plenty. I'm excited, man. That's all I need. Yep. 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 I mean, it, it's it's nice because we're going to get, I say we're 57 days away from the NFL, but we're 57 days away from the Hall of Fame game, which is like a month and a half away from the regular season starting for the NFL. So we're going to have, right. you know, high school football start. We're going to get our teeth sunk in deep into high school football, and then we're going to have the NFL and college rolling in shortly after that. I, I mean, I can't – I know we're in June. I know it's the start of June, but I am already planning. I am already ready. I cannot wait for football season to start this year. We have some big things planned, uh, you know, with, with us, with TM5, with Hometown Sports Media, with West Georgia TV, West Georgia Radio. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – high school football is going to be covered around the West Georgia area like never before this year and dude i am just i'm excited we're a part of it you know what i mean absolutely man it's it's a great connection that we've got with with our buddies at at hometown it's a great connection we have with uh tom over at west georgia tv and west georgia radio i mean we're we're gonna have a great great year and i cannot wait and by the way you you talked about it's 57 days until the hall of fame game that's fine yeah Yes, it's 58 football. days until football. the first week of scrimmaged football. Bingo. So we've got two weeks until the regular season. So you add 14 to that 58, but still, I mean, dude, we're close. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're close. Um, I knew we were close yesterday when I got the email from Villarica Rec about uh, signing up for, for rec football for the fall. I'm like, holy smokes. I'm like, let's go. Let's go ahead and go. And, uh, Mon- Monday was the first allowed practice day right that you were saying yeah yeah sweet let's go i'm excited uh billy today is also national chocolate ice cream day okay i'm good with some chocolate ice cream let's go i'm very picky on my chocolate ice cream you you know me i'm not a huge fan of sweets um i I like i don't like cheap chocolate ice cream i I like i don't want it to taste cheap if you know what i mean You, you know like you get some things you get some ice cream you get some sweets and you can tell there's like cheap artificial flavoring in them with chocolate ice cream um yeah. you know I, I like i like a very rich chocolate ice cream and it's, it's got to be mixed in with something i don't just don't want a scoop of chocolate ice cream like it's got to be a part of something you know what i mean like a, a part of a bigger dish if you will so our partner over at incredible pulp i don't know if you saw this but it was really really funny to me uh, you guys made the announcement yesterday that, you know, you're going to be hosting the West Georgia Eats uh, segment, right? Yes. 
Steve Walker over Incredible Pulp sends us a message. I did, goes, I did see this. <laughs> Why is too picky of an eater to be a host of that show? Now see, and now I see, Steve. See, Steve, I would argue with you that I am the perfect <laughs> critic to be on that show because I am so picky in my food. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I saw it this morning when I walked on. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, and Steve was pumping us a bunch of information yesterday from the uh, from the softball uh, thing at University yeah. of West Georgia. I know he said uh, Lily Ray Fulford and Aubrey Usser were part of the Heard County Rising Senior uh, North team, and they won the first game eight to nothing. Uh, and if you know anything about Lily Ray uh, Fulford, that would not surprise you whatsoever at all. So they're. Uh, they're picking up right where they left off last year, but we'll get we'll get to softball. We will be covering. And uh, you know, Matt Hornsby down at Hurt County is just licking his chops. Going, oh, let's go, man! Well, I, w- I was talking to for fourth in a row. I was talking to Haley Tony's mama uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about all the talent they have coming back this year and uh, the stats that these girls were putting up in travel ball. And it, dude, that team is just that team is it might be more loaded this year than it has been the past three years that they've won state, but. We'll, uh, we will cover all of the softball news for you. Don't worry. In a couple months, we will get the ball rolling on that. Uh, Billy, there's a couple things in life that are just guaranteed. Death, taxes, and the Braves being better than the Mets. Uh, Braves beat the Mets 6-4 to last night. Murphy and Ozuna both with two RBIs apiece. It was nice to see Ozuna hustling last night. He had a big hit, a uh, big two RBI double um that was that was big in the time for the braves and he hustled the entire game it's nice to see after snit yanked him uh deservedly so from the game the other night because he didn't run out what essentially was a 450 foot single um good to see that out of our ozuna even snit even said it he said hey i pulled him out of the game uh ozuna handled it like a professional should handle it and we're moving on from it which is great to hear from from snit and how ozuna handled it albies and arcia both with an RBI apiece. Albies solo shot in the second inning. Uh, Ozzy Albies now has eight home runs and is 631 OPS from the left side of the plate. That's saying something because you know the left side is not his best side. It is not. By any stretch of the imagination. Eight home so runs, that's... 631 OPS. 631 <laughs> OPS is not good. Um, I'll say that. But if it's a 631 slugging, then we're in good shape. But if it's a 631 OPS, I'm not. We're not good. I don't understand how eight uh, home runs come out of that. Yeah. That's what confused yeah. me about that stat. Oh, no. That, that's a very uh-huh. that's very weird. Mark Bowman tweeted that out. Um, I don't know how eight home runs come out of a 631 OPS. I don't know how that ha- I don't know how that math adds up. I don't know. But baseball, baseball math, it's. Uh, there's so many numbers that get added into stuff. It's a little confusing. Uh, Bryce Elder last night, six inning pitched, four in runs in eight Ks. Really settled down. Um, he gave up four runs in the third. And then after that, he, he really settled down. Looked like he had good stuff. Um, uh, the unfortunate thing for Bryce Elder, though, is giving up four earned runs and in six innings pitched. His ERA bumped up to a 2.26. I mean, that's it's not really oh, good. God. Bum. It's tough. Let's cut him. Tough. Tough, Jeez. man. Send him back to AAA, maybe. I don't know. It's pretty bad. Uh, they were talking on the radio yesterday about the NL Cy Young, and it's between Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider, essentially, right now. And, you know, they were saying no matter who you pick between those two, it, there's not a wrong answer. Like, they're both right answers. Here's the good news. We beat the Mets last night, which was awesome. Here's the other good news. We beat the Mets after coming back. Indeed. Which was even better. Yep. Um, 
because when I I didn't get a chance to watch this last night, so I got to I had to wake up and like pay attention to what was going on last night. Uh, we were down what four to one, yes, going into the sixth, yep. and just destroyed the baseball after that, which was a good thing to see. But the the ish talk <laughs> is always funny. It's funny to me. Um, you know, throw it again, right? Oh, um, dude, what are you doing, Pete? I, you're Pete Alonzo. Like, you are a household name in the MLB, in my opinion. And and you're talking crap to this 24-year-old kid on the bump who's one of the quiet, most respectful people I think I've ever seen in baseball. Like, he like it's not like Bryce Elder pimps anything he does, you know. He just quietly no. goes out there, goes about his business, and Pete Alonso's over in the room. Throw it, throw it, throw that one again, yeah, throw it again. What is this? A twelve U travel ball team? Like, come on, you're in the you're in the majors, man. Come on, have a little bit more respect for yourself and the team. Stop being a dumbass. What a Klein. Yeah. I mean, what a Klein, dude. Just straight Klein move. <laughs> Just an idiot, man. Uh, the Braves have won nine of their past 11 games against the Mets, including seven of eight at Truist Park. And, <laughs> and the Braves come back from 4-1 deficit to win 6-4 to four in the series opener oh. against the Mets. Uh, bullpen has a scoreless streak at 16 innings. It's five games now. The Mets, Billy, are now 30 and 31 in third place and six and a half games back of Atlanta. Billy, the Mets are closer to the last place Nats than they are to the first place Braves. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh, it's great. It. Everything's good in Atlanta. Uh, Bryce Elder, 4 0 in the season with a 2.26 ERA, 64 Ks, and 1.4, or excuse me, 1.14. Whip the Braves go back at it tonight against the Metropolitans. Uh, it is Charlie Morton versus Scherzer, I believe, tonight. That's the matchup, right? Uh, Morton versus I'm Scherzer. Get Berlin here and Prider tomorrow. Bingo. That is, uh, I mean, that's a that's a Wednesday Thursday matchup. Those are usually like Saturday Sunday matchups, but we get them on a on a Wednesday Thursday. Uh, hopefully, there is no rain in the area tonight, so we don't have to have a two and a half hour rain delay where it doesn't rain. That would be a nice. two and a half hour rain delay. Three hour rain delay. God, God you are. St- it was two hours. Okay. I mean, the game was supposed to start at seven. It oh. didn't start till after nine. No. Yeah. The game didn't start until after nine o'clock. It was, it was supposed to start at seven and it didn't start until after nine. It took, huh. it took the rain delay. Was, it took forever. It was, uh, it was insane. It was absurd. It was supposed to start at 7.20, and it didn't start until after 9 o'clock because of the rain delay. And the funny thing about that was after the rain delay was over, they pulled the tarp off and had to water the field because it never rained. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully we don't have a rain delay tonight. Billy, big news came down yesterday. Um, news yeah, that, News that I wasn't expecting. News that I was very shocked about. The LIV and the PGA Tour will be merging together along with the dp world tour which is a lesser tour but this is not something that i foresaw coming in the sports world like that this really really shocked me (sighs) okay so 
couple of things that happened yesterday that was really, really shocking to me. Okay. This came out of left field Nowhere. for the PGA Tour. Yeah. No, for the PGA Tour players, it came out of left field. PGA Tour players were unaware and found out on Twitter. And how does that happen? And it's not even like I can understand like the 150th ranked player in the PGA Tour find, finding out about this about Twitter. Like there's a ton of people in the PGA Tour. But like when you have premier golfers like Colin Morikawa finding out on Twitter, I'm with you, Billy. I don't know how that ha- like that should not happen. That that's a that's a failure of the upper management of the people that control the PGA Tour and run it. That that one of your stars like Colin Morikawa. And if Colin Morikawa found out on Twitter, I'm sure there's other big stars that found out the exact same way. No way. I, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, you know. Casey Bass was talking about this yesterday. I mean, just can you imagine how you you are yesterday as Roy McIlroy? I mean, fighting for the PJ Tour the entire time, like being an advocate for it, saying how the PJ Tour is different than the Live Tour, saying how it's so much better, and turning down a buttload of money and then the PGA Tour going behind him and saying, you know what? This money does kind of look nice. Um, I'd be pissed. We're gonna, I, we're gonna I second Casey Bass's opinion on, on the subject. Like, yeah, especially if you're if you're Rory and Tiger, two guys that have vehemently defended the PGA Tour against the Live Tour. And yep. yeah, essentially they're, the bottom just dropped out on them. They just they, they got their legs cut out from under them. Um, just because of money, and I, it sucks for Rory, and it sucks for Tiger. Like I, the PGA Tour has to do something to make it right with the guys that stuck it out at the PGA Tour. Like you can't just everything go back to normal. It can't just be reverted to how it was three or four years ago, and everybody's all hunky dory. Like that can't happen. It's it, I, oh, it, a check needs to be written. A check needs to be written, or. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess monetary value is, is one way to do it. I, I was thinking more along the lines of bringing Rory and Tiger into like the the rules. I don't know. I don't. I, but you have to make it right, no matter what you do. The PGA Tour has to make it right with the big guys that stuck it out with the PGA Tour. I mean, that's just, in my opinion, that's bottom line. That's how I would feel if I was Rory or Tiger or anybody else who stuck it out with the PGA Tour. Uh, I would I would feel very. Uh, it's a disservice that if you don't give them more than the live golfers. Um, that, that came over. So the, the landmark deal between the two tours uh, and the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, PIF, was reached without the knowledge of many PGA tours and live golfers and agents. Uh, the three tours, LIV, PGA, and DP, um, will work cooperatively and in good faith to establish a fair and objective process for any player who desires to, desires to reapply for membership with the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour following the completion of the 2023 season. Uh, Monaghan wrote that the PGA Tour would evaluate how best to integrate team golf into the professional game. That's a statement that I never thought I would hear uh, from uh, from Monaghan. I didn't, I didn't ever think we'd have legit competitions with team golf. I know we have some of the fun, like, stroke play things, and we have some of the scramble golf formats and stuff that are just sort of they're they're a part of the PGA Tour, but they're more or less exhibitions. They're not real golf tournaments. Do you think we're going to see right. real golf tournaments inside the PGA Tour, Billy? 
that are a team asset, uh, you know, the team fast, like a, like a, not not like a charity scramble like we're doing for Herd on, on Friday, but something along the lines of that. So here's where I, I am kind of mad about it. Okay. I I don't like the team aspect of, of the golf um, it, with the live. I like everything else that they have going on. Okay. Like you and I talked about the week one of of live golf it was the noise like the microphones they had for for the cups uh the the shotgun start um the you know just things all around that the three days the three-day tournament you know that kind of thing like that's that's all okay for me the 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 ability to allow them to wear shorts i liked i love that um yeah the cup noise was good the the environment i really liked the environment i thought they did a good job of setting an an exciting environment playing music having fun it was the only thing that kind of steers me away from that is it almost takes away from the pageantry of the 16th hole at the waste management open like that's supposed to be the hole where the music is playing the beer is flowing the drunks are out stuff's getting thrown that's the only hole in golf, in my opinion, that I want to see that type of activity or just at the Waste Management Open a, a, as a whole. I'm fine with that. Whatever. That's, that's, that's a fun, rowdy event. Right. But I don't I, I don't want the PGA Tour to get so... I hated the shotgun starts. I hated it. I'm probably in the minority, though, on that one. I'm sure the, the casual golf fan loved it because there's so much action going on all at one time. I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of the normal start times for the PGA Tour because I get to see one golfer, you know, play a couple holes, and it's it's a slow play. I like that. I like that aspect of golf. I'm probably once again in the minority there. Um, yeah, the, the fact that they had mics underneath the cup that sounded that's one of my favorite sounds in the entire world is a ball falling into the cup uh, right there with the crack of the bat in, in a hard hitting football. You know, it's it's right up there with that. Uh, so it's they did a bunch of good things on, on the live tour, uh, but it I don't, it's just I just didn't see this coming. Um, Monahan wrote in the PGA Tour, uh, or excuse me, uh, one of the one of the, a PGA, an unnamed PGA Tour pro. I'd love to know who said this, but an unnamed PGA Tour pro said this: "It's complete insanity. The LIV Tour was dead in the water. It wasn't working. Now you're throwing them a life jacket. Is the moral of the story to just always take the money and forget loyalty?" Um. Yeah, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, it's that's spot on. I mean, that I understand yeah. why that un, I, I understand why that golfer didn't want to be named because that is a spot on criticism of exactly what we were talking about with Rory and Tiger. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting in the next couple of days. Uh, you know, Monahan Monahan's been called a hypocrite by many golfers uh, in meetings and stuff, and I, I don't blame the golfers. That's sort of what Jay Monahan is. Uh, he talked down to the LIV and the money and everything, and once again, Billy, money unfortunately wins. Yep, that happens. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to continue our preview uh, in the NFL, and you've got Las Vegas and Denver today. Yeah, let's blow through these two because both these teams are going to suck, in my opinion, and be terrible and irrelevant by the end of the season. Uh, for the Raiders, <laughs> the, the NFL schedule makers didn't do, or uh, the NFL schedule makers did Las Vegas very few favors as the Raiders open the season with three of their four first four games on the road, 
as well as playing two of their last three games away from home. Plus, the Raiders won't enjoy their bye week until week 13 after playing 12 games. New quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will be thrown into the fire soon enough with roadies at Denver and Buffalo to begin his Raiders tenure. And the Raiders retooled defense with top draft pick Tyree Wilson joining Max Crosby and Chandler Jones in rushing the quarterback will be tested by new Broncos coach Sean Payton in the opener. The Raiders on paper should be good, but I think they're going to suck this year. I have zero faith in the Raiders. I have zero faith in Sean Payton. I think the Raiders finished six and 11 this year. Wow. Okay. I got, I got zero faith, zero faith in the Raiders and Billy. This might come as a shock. I have even less faith in the Denver Broncos. In his first year as the team's new head coach, Sean Payton will try to end the Broncos' current seven-year playoff drought. Uh, he has nine home games this year, so that might play a bit in the favor of the Broncos, but I don't think they're going to come out on top. The Broncos, after finishing 5-12 and last year with the league's worst offense, only averaging 16.9 points per game, they won't see much of prime time this year. Only two primetime games this season, down from seven last year. It sort of seems like the NFL has as much faith in the Broncos as I do. After trading so much draft capital and everything for Sean Payton to come in, it, it's just going to be tough, man. I just don't see the Broncos being able to put together. I mean, that, that division's so hard with the Chiefs and the Chargers, the Raiders and the Broncos. I, I just I don't see them. I don't see them being successful. Russell Wilson at quarterback. I mean, you got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick out there at wide receiver. You flip it over to the defensive side. There's no really names that pop out. You got Randy Gregory, uh, Baron Browning, Alex Singleton, Patrick Sertan. But are they going to be able to pressure the quarterback? And the offensive line last year was a big issue. Mr. Unlimited couldn't get any room to work. I have no faith in the Denver Broncos. I think Sean Payton's a good coach, but I, I have no faith in the Denver Broncos. I have zero faith in Russell Wilson. Uh, if form holes and most of the playoff hopefuls live up to expectation, Sean Payton will not get a comfortable wind up to start of whatever his tenure is going to be out there in Denver. I have less faith in the Broncos than I do the Raiders. I think the Broncos are going to be somewhere around five wins this year. I think a five and 12 record is very likely. Well, that sucks. Uh, that sucks for Denver. Um, and, and for Denver fans, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then tomorrow we are going to, or excuse me, the rest of the, tomorrow is Thursday. So we're going to do the other two teams in the NFC or the AFC West. Yeah. That'll be the, uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah. Yep. Are a lot better than both of the, these teams today. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> All right, let's head to the Marine South scoreboard last night. Uh, Phillies beat the t the Tigers one to nothing. Marlins beat the Royals six to one, and the Diamondbacks beat the Nationals ten to five. Also, hey, um, I, don't, I don't know if we said this. Braves beat the Mets six to Braves four. Braves beat the Mets. <laughs> Braves beat the Mets. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there again. Uh, on the Smith Four Coverings Games and Events calendar, the NBA Finals tonight, Nuggets at Heat at 8.30. This is Game 3. This will be interesting to see how the Heat um, can play at home. Uh, in Major League Soccer tonight, Atlanta United is at LAFC at 10.30 tonight. So that'll be a big game for the Five Stripes. And then... Uh, in the NL East tonight, Tigers at Phillies, Royals at Marlins, and D-backs at Nationals, as well as the Braves versus 
the Mets. And that's your Smith's Four Covings Games and Events calendar. Billy, I have some uh, have some good news that I just saw on Facebook. Oh, I, I need some good news, dude. Have you, you have you seen the full swing documentary on Netflix yet? Uh. Yeah, I've watched several episodes. I haven't gotten through them all. Very good. It's a very good. If, if you're if you're a golf fan, it's very very good. <clears throat> I just saw a tweet from the kind of executive producer for the Full Swing on Netflix. His tweet says, yeah. "You better believe we were filming when this news broke." Hashtag Full Swing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch that again next year. It's gonna be wild, man. Uh, let's hit it up another cup of coffee, Bill. You need one. Absolutely. Let's go. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Rangers ace Jacob DeGrom to have surgery on the UCL tear. Billy, Billy, you talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it was confirmed uh, yesterday afternoon that he will have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that sucks for him. Um, You know, we were out there talking and you and I were out there talking. How would it look if Jacob DeGrom was in the Braves uniform? I'm glad we didn't go after him. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Of course, we we have two guys that are sitting out a big chunk of the uh, season and we still we yeah. seem to be doing all right. You know, we're not doing not doing too bad, I think, with uh, with two guys that probably could win the Cy Young sitting out. <laughs> uh, two Browns players. Can you were... imagine? Go ahead. I was about to say, just can you can you imagine what it's going to look like when Max Fried and Kyle Wright come back Dude, healthy? That's. I, do we know if Kyle <laughs> Wright's going to come back this year, or is that still up in the air? Uh, I, I want to say he is. Okay. Okay. I, we, I, I know Freed is. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, if if we keep pitching like we're pitching, I guess you send Shaver and Schuster down. I don't know. I luckily I don't have to make that decision. But yeah, when they come back, dude, this this starting lineup, this starting uh, rotation is going to be crazier than it already is. Uh, two Browns players yesterday, Billy, were robbed at gunpoint per police reports. Uh, two Cleveland Brown players were robbed at gunpoint were robbed at gunpoint by six masked men. Uh, Greg Newsom the second and Perrion Winfrey. What's going on out there in Cleveland, man? Robin dang Browns players. Cleveland sucks. I, I've heard, I've heard Cleveland rocks. Oh, that too, but it sucks. <laughs> uh, when they got the Newsom's truck in a nearby parking lot, six masked men jumped out of an unknown car and robbed them at gunpoint at 3:30 a.m. Monday morning. In addition to in addition to stealing jewelry, the suspects fled in Newsom's truck. Um, what are you doing? 3:30 in the morning, man. And that's uh, that's pretty late. Uh, the two players were leaving a Cleveland nightclub. I didn't know Cleveland had any nightclubs. See, the thing I, I always have this thing in the back of my mind. There's a, there's a line from How I Met Your Mother that says, you know, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Home. Go home. Nothing good happens. Our podcast is recorded after 2 a.m. Yeah, but that's in early in the morning the next day. I'd argue it's, it's probably not good either. So. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, the 49ers, Debo Samuel, more than ready to go after awful 2022 season. Debo Samuel, I cannot wait to see that guy fully healthy and fully playing in an entire season with an entire offseason uh, playing in that 49ers offense, man. Debo Samuel is one and of those great quarterback to throw into them. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. We're, we're, maybe. I'm still not sure who the quarterback's going to be out there. Oh, what's our guess? I mean, I don't know who. He's, I don't know. 
they they have three quarterbacks out there, and 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 one of the three we know is good. Uh, we we know Brock Purdy can deliver. He did it last year. I think he was seven and one last year. Trey Lance has a lot of promise. Um, that's all we've heard since he came into the NFL is the promise about Trey Lance. Just we just don't know about him. He just doesn't have enough yeah. uh, workload. And and then you have Sam Darnold who. He is a quarterback in the NFL. That is a that, that is a factual statement. Uh, he is in the NFL, and he is certainly a quarterback. Um, how how good he is, I I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting out there in San Fran land. There, a lot of hype around that team for I'm not really sure why, uh, but we'll we'll see. It'll, it'll all play out. Um, Oklahoma softball defends celebration ahead of the World Series. Billy, have you seen sort of the backlash about them? There's no need to defend the, the celebration. It is what it is. If you don't want to see them do the celebration, don't let it happen. Bingo. Bingo. I'm sorry. Like, dear Lord. Hey, this is college softball. They are having a great time. And when you have, when you win like that, celebrate, man. Enjoy yourself. And if you, if you have a problem with them celebrating, don't let them win. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just... don't. I don't know why they're getting they're getting so upset about this. I watched a bunch of videos of them celebrating, and yeah, they're like they're high energy. They're celebrating, but it's not like they're doing anything disrespectful to the other team or to the game or anything. Like they're they're having fun. Like wh- what? Where are we at in society where we're getting mad at people for enjoying sports and having fun in sports and celebrating a win and being passionate about something? What does that say about society that this is where we're at? We have to get pissed off. We're, we're so pissed off when we lose that we have to be derogatory towards the other team that won and that had fun doing it and that celebrated the win. Like, dude, what? why are we complaining about this? What's going on, man? They, the, This Oklahoma team should be celebrated for the fact that they have poured so much into their sport and they have so much passion for what they do that they want to celebrate when something good happens. I, I am, I mean, this really pissed me off and I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not an Oklahoma softball fan, but this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous that people are getting upset about them celebrating. Like, I just, I don't understand it, man. I cannot wrap my brain around it. Um, everyone has that, that, that victim mentality right now. That's and true. That's, that's so true, man. But, as i'm gonna go with it yeah you're right i mean <laughs> I, dude i'm not gonna extend it i mean did it, did a it, podcast about sport, but that's what it is yeah you're right you're right i mean did it piss me off that oak that baker mayfield planted the oklahoma flag in the middle of ohio stadium of course it did would it have happened if we won no it did that's the end of that story you beat them they don't celebrate that i mean that's that's all there is to it you don't like them celebrating beat them yep i mean it's as simple as that uh, Billion today in 1936, the Yankees beat the Indians five to four in 16 innings. What's significant about that? It's the longest game ever in the MLB without a strikeout. What? 16 innings. There's no strikeouts. 16 innings, zero strikeouts. How is that possible? I don't know. We can't even go two full innings in the MLB now without a strikeout. Much probably even one inning. But they went 16 innings in 1936 and didn't have a single strikeout. Almost. You know what? I really would. Now that you say that, I'm really curious what the the longest 
we've gone in the modern era without a strikeout? Uh, probably, probably two, two outs. Probably, I would say. I didn't get through a half an inning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's an, yeah, but 1936, so almost 100 years ago, uh, Yankees beat the Indians five to four in 16 innings, not a single strikeout. That's crazy. You got anything else to add today on the Hump Day, man? Dang. Nah, man, let's get out of here on a hump day. Let's enjoy it. Let's get out of here. Enjoy the hump day. You know, after we get past about 10 a.m., it's a downhill slide all the way to the weekend. For Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Sparling. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor. Just shake them. Shake your neighbor.